you can, you can have a final product that is good if it doesn't have strong foundation. I read this quote that says, you can build a great building on a weak foundation. You must have a solid foundation if you are going to have a strong superstructure. Good morning, welcome. Uh, Pastor Vidalis preached a few weeks ago about strong foundation and a strong future. And those are, are, are phrases that sound nice, right? They make us feel encouraged. But when we start thinking about it, it's like, okay, so let me, let me think through what does they really mean. How do we get there? How do we get um, to have a strong foundation? And one of the things that came to my mind um, back in my country, you, is, you, you, you might, I mean, as now, but 35 years ago, about like yesterday on my teenage years, um, why are you laughing? <laughs> uh, my, my parents uh, built this lot in which we built the house. Uh, I have a picture over there. And so as the house was finished, that, that my brother-in-law is in that picture. I, my, I got that picture from my sister. So um, as the, the house was finished, you see that red, red circle that I put in there? You see that retaining wall over there? Uh, as the house in the back was finished, there was only a slope over there. And there was no more money to keep building. So I, I told my dad, well, uh, me and my brother, we're going to build that wall. Of course, as we started digging to build the wall, we discovered that that wasn't a good idea because it was hard. It wasn't easy. We have to build a strong foundation so that wall will, will be able to retain the weight over there. Now, I'm happy to report that that wall is still standing today. So I guess somehow, by the grace of God, we did some good work. Uh, like I said, I, uh, the, the idea of, of um, building strong foundation is good. Uh, and, and, but we just need to, to know, okay, what does that exactly mean? What does that entail? And so I went to the book of Hebrew, the Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and, and 2. And, but before I go there, let me, let me give you a little background of this story of the, the chapter, the, the verses that we're going to read, because the historical background in there is that this book was written in a time where Christianity was the new thing. Everything uh, was new, and because of that, they were persecuted. Because they were persecuted, they were discouraged. They were tempted to give up. They were tempted to go back to their old ways, to the sacrifices, to the temple, the old way in which they could reach God. Let me ask you, do you ever feel tempted to go back to your old ways when you're discouraged? So then the purpose of the book became to let them know that the suffering they were going through, it wasn't unique. 
Something has happened in the past. Some people has already endured that. And so for us today, as we think how laid a strong foundation, then this help us grasp what it needs to be done in order to establish a strong foundation. So let me read uh, verse 1 of chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Can I call your attention to the first word? As we start reading, therefore, as you know, I like to uh, go deeper in the meaning of each word. And, and therefore conveys the meaning of, for this reason, consequently, letting us know that there is something behind that we need to consider before we get here, before we get to this point. And so if you haven't read chapter 11 of the book of Hebrew, that's your homework for tonight or today before you go to see the, the Super Bowl. Um, and you need to read the entire chapter. Now I want to I give you some highlights of that because when you read this chapter, you'll see that several times says, by faith, so-and-so. By faith, something happened. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so he did not sow death. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in, in holy fear built an ark. By faith, Aaron, who was called to leave a place that he did not know, received them later as his inheritance. By faith, Aaron, who was even uh, past of age and Sarah himself was barren, received the promise of God. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as his sacrifice as he sacrificed, because he knew that God could bring him back from the dead. And so he, metaphorically speaking, received his, his son back from the death. By faith, Moses' um, parent, Moses's parents hid him for, avoid him to be killed. By faith, Moses did not count a play, uh, an honor to be counted in the house of Pharaoh. And he lead the people out of Egypt. By faith, the prostitute Rahab received her life. And so on and on and on and on and on. So because of that, in light of that, that's why the scripture says, Therefore, in consequence, after we've seen this, then we can start considering what the text is saying. Many of these witnesses that I just mentioned suffer severely as the result of loyalty to the Lord. But they all endure the task. The interesting thing about a foundation is that um, 
you can't see it. If you ever build a house or a home or a building, whatever, you will, you will know that um, before you even see anything, a good chunk of your money is already gone and it is all underground. I experienced that myself as I built uh, my own home. Uh, but regardless of that, if the foundation that is laid is not good, it doesn't matter what you put on top. It will certainly fail. And so it is important to lay a strong foundation. And so as we read Haro, uh, the text continues. It says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. This doesn't mean that these witnesses are spectators of what we do here on, earth, here on our own lives or in earth in general. What this means is that they bear witness, that they give testimony to us by their lives of faith, that they endure, that the God that we serve can see us through. Setting a high standard for us to duplicate. In my personal life, a personal approach that I had uh, when I was starting my, my career as a, as a dentist back in my country, I tell my daughters that um, I, I didn't have money. I mean, I was like barely making. So my, my uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snack, whatever, was just a piece of bread with a piece of cheese put on those, those like uh, ironing things that make it flat and hot. That, that was it. I was, uh, I was uh, driving up a school bus, so I would pick up the bus, pick up all the children, take them to the school, leave the bus over there, run to the university, take my classes, come back to the school, pick up the, the kids. Sometimes they were already in the bus waiting for me. I will take them over, then I will park the bus and come back to the university to do my last, then go back home, do my homework, and start all over the next day. So... When I was going through all that, sometimes I got discouraged, many times. But one thing I did, I saw others that they, done, that they finished, and I said, if they can, I can. Amen. Then I, I, I was also thinking what it will, it will do to my own life. In my contrast, I say when, when your children marry, it's customary that, they, that when they mention their name, they say uh, the daughter or son of so-and-so, and they mention they, their degree if they had some. And one of the things that, that burdens me is that at the time when I haven't finished my career, is like if my daughters get married, they're going to say the daughters of Josias Garcia who hasn't accomplished anything. And so I press on, I keep on until I got my degree so that when they get married, they say, the daughters of Dr. Josias Garcia. He did that for me. And I'm not boasting on my personal, but I'm showing you the things that I did to press on, to keep on. And finally, I watched others who were good at what they did so I could learn from them. And you know what? As I was thinking of that, I see in Romans chapter 15 verse 4 that says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance, 
taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have what? Hope to keep on, to press on. This is the same thing that this chapter is asking us to do. These two verses is asking us to look around, look at these other people who have bear witness to us so that we can understand that they endure so that we can endure our task. Then we can look at ourselves and see the work that God can do in us. Not because we're able, but because He is able. And then we are called to see, to fix our eyes on the only one that we need to pay attention to. Jesus Christ. Amen? In consequence, we glean from these texts, we understand that in order to lay a strong foundation, it's a race, it's a process that requires at least three things. And those are the three things that I want to talk to you this morning. First, it requires discipline. It requires discipline. This is true for the Christian life, for our, our, our walk with Christ, but it's also true in any aspect of your life. If you want to live a healthy life, you need to be disciplined. If you want to have a, a financial sound situation, you need to be disciplined. If you want to have a good professional life, you need to be disciplined. Even corporately or collectively or individually, you need to be disciplined. You know why? Because the cost of discipline is always less than the cost of the lack of discipline. The cost of discipline is always less than the cost of lack of discipline. Changing walls on a blueprint, it's cheap. Changing walls in the work site, it's expensive. It costs. We must guard ourselves from the idea that the race, that the task is an easy sprint. That everything in the Christian life is like walking in the path of rose petals. We must be prepared to press on with endurance through the trials. Which takes me to the second thing. We need to endure. Endurance, my friends, is, is the, the strength that we develop as we keep on going. If you've ever done any kind of exercise, you know that there are times where you, when you want to give up. But you, need, you, you know that in order for you to endure, you have to keep going in spite of the pain. But we live in a microwave society where we get fed by instant gratification. I want what I want and I want it now. That's not how we develop endurance. So the scriptures continue to read, and I'm going to read these from the New Living Translation just because it makes better sense for me because it says, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. These may be things in themselves are harmless, and yet they hinder the process of moving forward. I have these things in here. I'm not going to wear it because I, I, I did that in the first service and I couldn't get it out. 
But these things, you normally put it in, in, in your legs, right? So there, it's, it's weight when we, when we prepare. But have you ever seen somebody running with their weight on? No. They prepare with them. But then they strip off them so nothing can hinder their progress, their advancement to the goal. In order to lay strong foundation, I made one thing, I made one things which are not bad. But if they doesn't advance or they don't move forward the collective vision, I need to learn to say to to put those aside in order for the bigger picture to move forward. Laying proper foundation takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And he continued, like I said, on the, living translate, on the New Living Translation, and he says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And in here he's talking about every kind of sin, but particularly... Particularly, is talking about the sin of unbelief, the sin of doubt. Because we, mean, we must have complete confidence that the life of faith will prevail. Amen? Isn't that what the prophet says, Isaiah, when he reads, But those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those who hope in the Lord will prevail. Amen? So we need to have discipline. We need to develop endurance. And we need to be focused. We need to be focused. Because... Verse number 2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The New Living Translation, I like because it says, perfecter of our faith. It's not just any faith. It's the faith that we, that we have. We need not look any other way and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the leading runner. When we're going on a, on a sprint, on a run, we're not looking back. We're not looking who's coming behind. We're looking who goes in front of us. And that's what we're being called to do. Because he is the founder and perfecter of our faith. He provides us with the only perfect example of what a life of faith looks like. He is the only one that we need to compare to. We are not called to be like other Christians. We are called to be like him, like Jesus. Obviously, I'm talking about using these principles of discipline, of endurance, of focus as a way to establish a strong foundation in the community at large, meaning the church, through faith in Jesus. But I know that these are also applicable in our lives in every need, in every aspect that we have to wrestle with. You only need to be disciplined 
You need to endure. You need to remain focused in Jesus. In faith that he will not let you disappointed. He will not let you down. People will. We will. But he will not. He will never leave you disappointed. Amen? As we allow that truth to sink in our soul, as we allow those words to really penetrate and have a deep meaning in our lives, I would like to invite, I would like you to receive the invitation of Jesus to come to his table and receive from him the gift of grace that we so desperately need. Amen?